Well, the pink tax is this practice whereby women are charged incremental amounts for things simply because they're pink. I think the real win is not allowing people to do this to women anymore rather than finding a workaround. Hi, everyone. This is Claire Wasserman, the founder of Ladies Get Paid, a career development platform that helps women negotiate for pay and power at work. If you don't know us, shame on you. Go to ladiesgetpaid.com backslash join to get access to our private online network where more than 30,000 women from all over the world are sharing advice, jobs, resources, and more. It's totally free, so you have no excuses. Today, I am so incredibly excited to be talking to Sherry Baker, the president of marketing and development at Europe. European Wax Center. We're teaming up with them as part of their Axe the Pink Tax campaign, which is all about drawing attention to the fact that products for women are oftentimes more expensive than products for men. In this episode, we'll talk about the campaign, but also Sherry's career. Sherry is one of the world's premier marketers of beauty, fashion, and luxury brands. She's worked at Colgate, Revlon, and Unilever. She actually helped launch the celebrity fragrance, Elizabeth Taylor's Passion. That's a personal obsession of mine. Um, and then Sherry went on to become president of Swarovski Jewelry. Then in 1998, she actually became the marketing vice president at Sephora. Victoria's Secret recruited her first as VP of Marketing for their beauty division, where she would then go on to become the president, turning Victoria's Secret Beauty into a nearly $1 billion business. Guys, that's a billion, that's a B, okay? Just, just think about that for a second. Uh, Sherry has done other things, but you probably want to stop listening to me and hear from the woman herself. Thanks, Sherry, for being here. Oh, God, I'm, I'm almost speechless. Almost. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad it's just almost since we have other things to talk about. So I, I just have to mention to everybody here, I mean, you're a total marketing powerhouse, but you actually started your career as a teacher. So I'm curious to hear how you made such a dramatic change. Well, I think actually when you, when you think about the teacher portion of my life, it's, it's, a, it's a segue. And again, looking back, things sort of lead themselves inevitably to where they do. But firstly, I would say the choices when I you know, first graduated uh, college were for women where teaching was just like right up there. Um, but that said, I think that standing up in front of a high school class who really wanted nothing to hear from me at all every single day was really great preparation for um, many of the things that came after and certainly learning how to engage and attract people in things that you are passionate about is something that I think most good teachers are really good at. I read this quote by you about your decision to go from working for Colgate to the cosmetic industry. Okay, so you said, cosmetics are just quicker. I have an insatiable need to drive myself insane. Okay, when I read that quote, I had to ask you about it. What, what did you mean by that? Well, you know, big um, companies like Colgate or Procter do the right thing and they touch all the bases. And especially, I think, um, when, I, when I first graduated business school, there was an enormous amount of time taken with even the smallest of decisions. And um, impatience is right up there at the top of the list of my characteristics. So I'm like, okay, 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 we got to get going. And because beauty and cosmetics in general, whether it's skincare fragrance um, or, or any of the other disciplines within beauty, um, allows you to exert a lot of gut. 
And I think that gut helps you move a little quickly. And it also has more risk involved, obviously, maybe higher reward. But that whole notion of risk reward was always very enticing to me. Yeah, we talk a lot about ladies get paid, um, the, the need to you know work hard, go fast, but then be patient also. It's kind of push and pull between you know making your case and wanting to move fast, but also knowing that that things do take time. So I am curious for you, when did you when did you tell yourself to slow down? How did you cultivate the patience that you know inevitably has to happen in any company? Well, I think I think you're right though. It's a balance. So I think like most things, you have to know when you really do need to slow down because either the decision warrants it or what you're talking about is more complicated than something that you could just speed through. And then there are just other moments when you feel it in every, every, you know, fiber of your being that this is the right thing. And maybe at that moment, you're more comfortable taking a risk, but it's a balance. It's a combination of self-knowledge. It's a combination of category knowledge. So it isn't at all about being a bull in a china shop. That never works. But it is about understanding both your, yourself and your topics and figuring out when is the right moment to move faster or to sort of pull back and get more information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as I was reading your bio, I, I just was thinking about how our community we talk all the time about advocating for ourselves at work uh, to not wait till we get a promotion, right? To go in there and, and make the case for, you know, why you've done great things, the impact it's had on the business. Um, but so, so for you, you know, because you've had so many, uh, you, you've really leveled up in every job that you've had and, and even within one company you level up, do you have any advice for, for women who want to know how to get ahead at work? I think one of the the really key factors is 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 doing your homework about yourself and and your performance as much as you would do it about your business. So you can't walk in and say, "Oh my God, I am fabulous! I should be a vice president or whatever else it is." But you can walk in if you've done your homework and say, "Look, these are the five things, the ten things that that I've been able to either achieve by myself or motivated." team to achieve. And as a result of that, I really think that I have earned the right to get to the next level or I have earned the right for for incremental pay. But it's not about, I want it, you need to give it to me. It's about really explaining um, with, with conviction as to why you think that is something that is appropriate to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, oftentimes women feel uncomfortable talking about their accomplishments. Like, you know, if I'm going to talk about my wins, then I must be bragging or, or it feels uncomfortable because it's sort of self-promoting. I'm curious if that's something that you ever struggled with. Well, I think, first of all, um, for me, and it isn't everybody, I probably use humor sometime to sort of get through some of those little awkward moments. Like, you know, I know that I am not the, the biggest genius in the room or whatever. And I think you can do that. But again, it's your personality. It has to feel right to you. But I think at the end of the day, Um, taking pride in what you've done is not boasting. And you just have to know how to couch that. So So it comes through as, you know, especially if you're talking to somebody who 
who obviously works for the same company that you do, and you can talk about, wasn't this fantastic? Aren't we proud that we moved from here to there? You know, look at the, the growth, whether it's in profit, sales, whatever it is. Um, but, but marshal your facts. It's not at this point about feelings. It is about accomplishments. And if it is about accomplishments, I don't think it sounds like bragging. I think it sounds like discussing with a colleague what has been achieved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we remind people, it's really telling the story of how you helped the company, right? So this is a good thing. <laughs> um, yeah. For, for sure. And, and again, um, you help the company, as you say, which is great, but it's not something that is done without a desire to also help yourself. And, and you know, there's just nothing wrong with that. I mean, how would anybody deserve to be moved to the next level or to get an incremental amount of salary or whatever it is that you're talking about? Maybe it's just wanting to have more people report to you to, you know, to be able to um, really discipline that particular muscle in terms of being a leader so that then you can get to the next level. But whatever it is, it is to, it has to be presented as a mutual benefit to yourself and the company. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious. Let's go back to risk. Does anything come to mind when, when you look back at your career and there was, you know, a decision you made that was, could be kind of risky or maybe something you presented to the company and you were asking them to, to take a risk with you? Um, does, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've taken many risks in your career, but you know, if there's any, any examples that stand out to you, I'd love to learn more. Well, one of the, I think the more fun risks, and, and it's in the sort of semi-distant past, so it's fun to talk about it, is um, when, when Unilever, uh, when we were going to launch Elizabeth Taylor's fragrances, uh, Unilever being an English-Dutch company said, you know what, Sherry, she's over. She is done. She's had too many husbands. She's on drugs. Forget Elizabeth Taylor. And I was like, are you kidding? Forget Elizabeth Taylor. And, and I believed then, and obviously it has been born to be true, that you know Elizabeth certainly um, at the beginning of the 90s was in great shape, looked fabulous, um, and had an incredible personal story as well as level of glamour all over the world. Um, and so they said to me, listen, the only way you can do this is we're going to launch it. You have less than six months to break even on the fragrance. And it was like, no, 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 no. It takes three years to break even. But basically we went back and forth and I just said, and I said it to Elizabeth. I said, look, this is what we have to do. And, and because it was Elizabeth Taylor, not because I was the genius, but because she was who she was, um, we did it. And, and, and it proved to them, not just from an American perspective, because Elizabeth was, whether we were in London or Paris or, or um, in Asia, I mean, she was just the queen and people cared for her enormously. Um, and so it was, it was a risk. They were absolutely going to be miserable to me if we didn't uh, break even, but, but we did it and we did it because we both worked really hard, uh, but we believed it and you know, the rest really was history. And then the whole slew of, of celebrity fragrances followed it and some have been incredibly successful, but few had the power of Elizabeth Taylor. 
that's exactly what I thought when I found out that this is what you did. I thought, wow, you really launched a whole category of fragrances. Um, I, I recently read about, there was a Britney Spears fragrance that apparently is one of the best-selling perfumes mm -hmm. in the world. And it's this kind of secret that people in the fashion industry, they go to, I don't know, Dwayne Reed or CVS, and they buy this whatever, $10 bottle. And everybody always asks them, oh, who are you wearing? And, and so I, I went out and I, I found it. I bought it. And it's amazing. I mean, you know, you mix it with other things, right? Because it's a bit sweet, but it's, I, I love that we all kind of look at it as this secret. Uh, but, you know, go tell people, don't, don't be ashamed. It's fabulous. The thing about fragrances, which sounds a little weird, but it is true, is you smell as much with your head as you do with your nose. So what you think about something, whether it says Gucci or whether it says passion or whether it says whatever Britney's fragrances are, um, your, your head prepares you for what you think that is going to be. And that certainly, certainly impacts um, how you feel about what you're wearing. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what are you wearing? Right now, I, I really love um, a couple of fragrances from uh, Dolce & Gabbana. Um, they're very irreverent um, and, and lively. And at this time of year when I am so tired of dingy, horrible weather, um, I, find, I find it very, very cheery to wear. Mm. So if anybody's curious where we're where we are, we're in New York and it's raining right now. And <laughs> it's literally been winter for eight months, so I, I feel you on that. Um, all right, so let's just move on here to the, this amazing campaign you're doing with the European Wax Center. Um, so it's called Axe the Pink Tax, uh, which you can go check out at axethepinktax.com. But first, before we talk about the whole campaign, um, what is the pink tax? Well, the pink tax is this really horrifically um, insidious sort of practice whereby women are charged incremental amounts of money, and it varies by category, um, for things simply because they're pink and or they're targeted to women. So whether when you have your first little baby, it's a girl instead of a boy, and you buy pink uh, baby bottles instead of blue, whether your daughter wears a pink helmet when she's riding her bike instead of your son who wears a blue one, whether you take your shirt to the dry cleaner versus your husband's or your best friend, whether you, as you get into the senior years of your life, use a pink cane instead of a blue cane, there is an incremental cost that is added to products across a myriad of categories um, that basically uh, charges women on average $1,351 a year, or if that number doesn't make you really sick, try this one, that by the time you are at the ripe old age of 30, you have paid more than $40,000 on all these incremental charges for nothing other than the fact that you used a razor with a pink handle instead of a blue handle or a vitamin that was directed to women versus men. And I could go on and on in terms of the categories. Um, the one thing I would just like to, to say here, and I, I know that we can um, talk about the various um, studies, but 
all of the numbers that or or things that I've just implied and some and all of the numbers that I've actually said are not numbers that European Wax Center uh, did the research on. These are all government studies that were done either by the state of California, by the federal government, or by the city of New York. And if you do go to Axe the Pink Tax to our website, you have a link to all of the studies and you can see clearly um, where the numbers are. So know that this isn't something we just thought up. This was something we learned about and then became passionate about. When, when did you learn about this? I think the person who first brought it to my attention was in, uh, in Q4 of 2017. And the more we all learned about it as a team, the crazier we got. And the problem or the insidious nature of this is it's hard to know because rarely are you in um, either a place in a store or even in a place online where you're looking at both men's and women's products side by side. So you don't know that this is what's happening from a charge perspective. So you can't be outraged and you can't try to correct this, this wrong. So instead you just perpetuate it. So we got the information, we read the studies and we decided April, which is tax month in America, would be perfect. So April of 2018 was the first time we launched the Axe the Pink Tax campaign. It's a little dirty. It's a little raw. Out of curiosity, what's the justification for this, other than, I guess, misogyny or, or discrimination? Like, what, How do um, companies defend their choice? They don't because they don't talk about it. And so in addition to the fact that we found the practice absurd and the notion that, that again, that that $40,000, you don't get to decide what you want to do with. So do you want to use that to pay for your college books? Do you want to do that um, to send your daughter to school? Do you want to use that money for a vacation, for whatever, right? So aside from that in and of itself, that it takes that, that freedom away from you, because people don't know it, um, there, there is no possible um, justification. The, the interesting part to that from our perspective is since there is no justification, our belief is both awareness and then action has a shot at getting this particular practice reversed, both potentially by, by retailers like drugstores, for example, as well as by the manufacturer themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so when you found out about this, um, when did it crystallize in your mind that you could create a campaign about it? And tell me about when you went to upper management and you said, let's, let's do this thing. I mean, it's a risk, right? So yeah, so curious from when you first learned about it uh, and then to launch, what, what was that process like? Well, the process was actually pretty quick. Um, because I tend to be somewhat tenacious and, and, and also, you know, I, I had, I had all the facts. So we, we, we put all the facts together. Um, I report to the CEO of our company. Um, the then CEO was also the founder and, and a man. Um, and I, and we were in the process at European Wax Center of putting together both a philanthropic 
pillar to our brand as well as one relating to cause marketing. 97% of our guests are women. So how could you possibly be in that situation and not have some aspect of your brand where you gave back to the people that helped build your brand? So I just laid out the facts and um, I guess it's a, it's a risk. Um, the biggest risk, surprisingly, was people who just didn't believe us. And even when, um, when shown the facts from the various studies, because again, we didn't do the research, so it really was valid third-party research, uh, were people who refused to believe it. But, you know, we live in a world where the notion of facts uh, is a little <laughs> twisted, um, it seems to me today. Anyway, but once the facts were put in front of the 13 15,000 women who work at our company, let alone the 13 million women who uh, visit European Wax Center every year, it, it became clear to them and to us that this was something that we wanted to move forward with so that it would be something. I mean, there are lots of things um, in this world that just aren't right um, and are very tough to make right. This is something that together we can make right. So I think that's sort of an, an added, if you will, impetus to expanding the understanding and the education of it because we can end this. Mm, yeah, I mean, to, to your point of being surprised that people didn't believe it, uh, we had that experience but around the wage gap. Right. The wage gap is a huge part of our business of what we're you know, doing to close it and, and we're online and we're being quite vocal about it. I can't tell you how many trolls you know, post on, on social or whatever it is and they go, well, it doesn't exist. So what are you doing? And it's like, how do you even have a dialogue with, with these people? So you, know, you move on and you, and you talk to those who, who do believe it and who want to work towards closing it. Um, but, but something I, I thought that you said was very interesting was that you involved the 13,000 women who work for the company, right? So it wasn't just, you know, a focus group with, with the, the customers. And I'm curious, is that something that you've done before or, or is that standard practice to, to run campaigns by the people who actually work for the company? I found that very interesting that you said that. I, I think, you know, again, um, the fact that, that, um, Normally, when you're selling beauty products or things like that, there's a barrier between you and the client and to some degree at times even between you and the people who are selling your products. This is all part of the European Wax Center family. So it makes, I think, the dialogue perhaps a little easier. But again, um, it, it seemed so natural to me that they would respond the way God bless them they did. So, you know, we ran contests, people did all sorts of things um, all over. So, you know, you looked at the team from, you know, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to the, yes, there were people in New York City or, or, or LA that, that got excited about it, but it really became a sense of almost female pride and the the associates of the company felt so good that we were taking the time, the money, the effort to talk about something that had nothing to do with what we were 
selling per se, but had everything to do with what we cared about, which ultimately was bringing confidence to all the women who walk into every European wax center. So on the door of every European wax center, and there are 720 plus of them in America, it says, walk in, strut out. And how can we help you strut out unless you feel that there is this hugely level playing field? And you're right. I mean, for sure, it's about, it's about wage and everything else. But we picked one piece of what we thought was going to help level the playing field to really put that strut in your step. And that one piece is the pink tax. What's been a challenge uh, in doing this campaign? Well, you know, to some degree, it's what you said before. There are always naysayers. And and if you're passionate about something, which my guess is you can see that I am, that makes you nuts, but but you have to see the bigger picture. So in truth, it hasn't been hard. It's been great. And, and also, we work with an incredibly talented group of agencies, and, and they are amazingly stimulated. I think that when your listeners go and look at some of the graphics, see some of the wild postings, I mean, we're doing all sorts of things. We're, we're, we're partnering with lots of people that I think will get to people in a different way, uh, whether it's through comedy clubs, whether it's through wild posting, whether it's it's packs that you can sort of download through our website so that, that you can have your own pink tax party. So the whole idea this year, because if last year was really grounding in education, this year was, is the notion of, of taking it to the streets. And I think that gives it an extra sense of, of energy and less frustration and more excitement. Yeah, because we, we hear about these statistics, right, when it comes to women in the workplace and now the pink tax, and it's so depressing, right? So then, then the question, of course, becomes, well, what, what can you do, right? Particularly as an individual, you, you feel like you don't have much agency when you're up against, you know, when you're looking at the government or these massive, massive brands. But, okay, well, you told us to download the starter pack, which we will do the minute we get off this call. But can you just talk a little bit about what's in the pack? and recommendations you have for people to get started? The packs have everything, but you know, they're from simple, really simple things. Like for example, I think one of the things um, that's, and you learn from other people. So one of the things that I think American Express had done really well is their whole notion of small business uh, celebrations. And so one of the things we've done is we've created a sticker that we're going to put on all of our 700 um, and some odd centers that talk about the fact that we are pink tax free. But you can also walk into any European wax center in the month of April and pick up a bunch of stickers, put it on your business, put it on a business that, that, that you frequent so that people get to see there are people in your community who are absolutely pink tax free and, and they don't practice these, you know, sort of in, in, insidious 
uh, kind of practices. So it's also celebrating those people that, um, that are doing the right thing. We have this notion called posture proof. So for those people who say, nah, this doesn't really uh, happen. So go into a drugstore. Don't believe me. Find, find a basic shampoo in the, in the aisle for women. Find a basic shampoo in the aisle for men and post it. Show us the prices. Show us whether it's, it's as I say, um, a helmet, whether it's a baby bottle, whether it's an anything, you know, a white t-shirt. There are just endless examples. So posting also tends to be very um, persuasive. And we have e-cards, we have shareable graphics, we have fun little crazy gifts. We have all sorts of things. We've tried, to your point, to not be depressing and not be heavy-handed. And also using people who are like-minded. And I don't mean using in a bad way, but one of the reasons we so much wanted to partner with Ladies Get Paid is because you have such a really um, invigorated audience that cares about things so, so, so deeply. So we knew that what we were talking about would make sense to your audience and that would help us spread it even faster, which again is, is, is what we're after. Mm, perfect segue. Atlanta, DC, Boston listeners, listen up. We are actually coming to your city next month. Um, so on April 4th, on the 9th and the 11th, we're hosting panels on the pink tax so you can learn more about it, um, as well as a larger conversation around conscious consumerism and, and basically how can we as women support brands like European Wax Center who are using their platform for good. Um, and, and Sherry, tell me, do you, are you coming to any, are we going to, are we going to see you? Because oh, sure, sure. I'm absolutely coming to Atlanta and we'll, we'll see, we'll see what, what else, um, I can do. I have a pretty heavy day job, um, but nothing, nothing, honestly, that I do, um, comes close to my heart. Uh, the way the way working this to a positive conclusion does for me. So I, I will be every place I possibly can be. I think that's very helpful. Um, anything else, Sherry, that you want to mention? The, you know, the only thing if we could say again at the end, because I don't think um, you can say it too many times and, and you need it for, 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 you know, for what you talk about on a regular basis as well is, is yes, I'm glad that people are listening to the podcast and I hope that, um, that they, that they have a sense of outrage, but the real win is in action. And I think more than anything, that's what women owe to themselves in 2019. Mm, I love that. I love that. So, so everybody, I want you to go to ladiesgetpaid.com right now, ladiesgetpaid.com backslash calendar. Uh, I also make sure that you're signed up for Ladies Get Paid, ladiesgetpaid.com backslash join. Uh, so that way you'll receive the weekly newsletter, which will have the invitations for those events, uh, plus more. Um, and of course, go to axthepinktax.com. Um, so Sherry, anywhere else that we can go to learn about the campaign or, you know, follow you on social media or just ways to, to continue to, to learn about you and the campaign? Well, we will be sending out a plethora of things through social media on banners with other partners. Um, Pop Sugar is a great partner of ours, as is as is a variety of of other platforms that we work with. We we should be all all over um, almost every place you you look. Um, 
in the month of April. So I think at the, a starting place is 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 certainly at at X the ping tax. But we will come to you, and then we just ask that you take it from there and expand it out to your particular community. And I think the first thing for everybody to do here is just stop by that drugstore, take a look at the products and, and post it and, and use the hashtag axe the pink tax, um, even as a bit of a social experiment for yourself. It is interesting to find out this kind of stuff. Um, so, so again, you know, take those pictures, tag ladies get paid, tag axe the pink tax, and, and let's start seeing if we can get these brands to listen. Um, speaking of listening, I'm really honored that you all tuned in for this. Uh, thank you, Sherry, for being here. Hope everybody listening enjoyed hearing from her as much as I did. And I'm, I'm excited for everyone to start spreading the word about the pink tax. I just yeah. think it's so important that we use our voices to affect positive change. It's very much the Ladies Get Paid mission, and, and we're, we're honored to, to team up with you guys. I'm Claire Wasserman, and this is Lady Talk. Until next time. <laughs>